Greetings, listeners. Welcome to Space Cowboys, a Roswell, New Mexico podcast here on purefandom.com. I am one of your hosts, Liz Prue, joined by my amazing co-host, Meg Bonnie. Hello. Hola. Um, in this episode of Space Cowboys, we will be discussing episode 10, Adorable Miss Thing. That was gorgeous. You're welcome. I know you love it when I sing, so... I do. I actually get really sad when you don't sing the titles of these episodes, so thank you. You're welcome, boo-boo. So before Meg gives her recap, I just want to keep you listeners engaged and wait for more bombs to be dropped because we predicted the major bomb dropped in this episode. So this podcast is legit. Legit. Too legit to quit, you might say, but yeah. We, like, called some stuff, and it was Big awesome. time. Big time. Okay, give us the deets, Meg. What happened? Okay, so on this episode of Roswell, New Mexico, Max pulls Isabel out of the pod, and Liz gives her the cure, and the serum heals Isabel, but it also starts giving her flashbacks of her encounters with Rosa. Michael tells Alex everything, and we learn more about his super sad backstory. Alex and Kyle <clears> – <throat> sorry, listeners <clears> – <throat> I'm funny. Anyway, Alex and Kyle (laughs) work to crack the code on Mr. Valenti's letters as they continue to investigate the fourth alien and the circumstances of Kyle's dad's death. At the hospital, there's an active shooter and they target Liz's lab and eventually set it on fire. Max catches him and it's clear he wasn't in control of himself. He was being controlled by someone else. Isabel is still determined to get her roast memories back and when she does she sees that she was being possessed by someone meaning the fourth alien killed rosa not isabel which i mean we can pretend to be shocked but we've been new right we knew this we we said this a couple couple back we predicted that it was someone else controlling her so isabel has been vindicated yay i know i'm so excited and Fortunately, with the cure that Isabel received from Liz, she was able to find this from, you know, her memories resurfacing and all of that. And with the Joker that attacked the hospital, um, getting rid of the rest of the cure, we were like, shit, we're not going to find out more. But Michael stole some because he's a sneaky sleuth bad boy and we love him so much. Yes, he swiped. One of the things, but obviously, like, Liz knows that he did. I feel like she she has better tabs on her inventory to be like, okay, fine, whatever. Like, you can have a cure to the alien poison, you know? Like, mm-hmm. And maybe she, you know, likes that security of knowing that it's not all in one spot, you know? Good job, Michael, you deviant. He's the best. And I just love how, oh my gosh, the chat between him and Alex. Can we talk about that? Yes. My God. Go ahead. Well, I love that they, uh, I just, just everything about them is so romantic. Like we were saying what we needed more of was them outside of the bedroom. Not that we don't like seeing those scenes, but we were like, let's see another side of their relationship. And as predicted, sparks are still all over the damn place. It's still cosmic, even when they're having these like super deep outside of their comfort zone conversations. And 
the only thing I'm really pissed about is that Alex didn't tell Michael about the ship piece. Yeah, that's a, that's a thing. But like, I feel like we're gonna get there. But maybe he's just, he's kind of more on the investigation side. He's not ready to let go or show his hand. And then on the romantic, cosmically bound to this soulmate dude, he's like, fuck, like, I don't want him to leave. So I feel like he, he never is an impulsive actor on anything. Like he doesn't usually jump to things. So maybe like he'll think about it and like let it stew a little bit and then give it to him. Like he's not like one to just make decisions really, really quickly. He likes to, to think it over a little bit. So I feel like he will give it to him and they will talk about it. Um, but yeah, like he doesn't want him to leave. So I get it, but I also, it doesn't really fit the current trend of everyone's telling each other everything. So yeah, I don't know. Hmm. My little Malik's heart. I know. Do you think that maybe he would have, Alex would have told Michael had he not known about Maria and Michael? Hmm. Like maybe that kind of set him back on stuff because he clearly had it with him like maybe he was going to be like yo what is this but maybe that he was just looking for information about it not necessarily ready to part with it i think you're right i think it's probably a little bit of both i don't think he knew what he wanted to do he just knew yeah, he but like to- i don't know he's traveling around with it so clearly like he brought it with the intention to maybe bring it up to him mm-hmm. yeah oh, but that whole scene was so good and like I love that they don't have the secrets anymore and that they're being honest and that he was like the, the scene when they're still outside and he's like, well, how'd you know about me? Michael's like, how'd you know about me? And he's like massive government, whatever. And his face is like, holy shit. (laughs) I know. I like that. I thought that was a really good scene, but I also really liked that he told him about his like upbringing and how terrible it was but that at the end of the day he was still just happy that max and isabel were okay and that's what was important to him like he may come off as like this douchey guy but i don't know i love him and he has such a good heart and his curls are flawless despite what his sister says i know i love that she said his hair looks worse i was like whatever that windblown dusty hair all day right it just gets more and more beautiful i know i love it Um, so what do you think about, I think a big part of what we need to break down because I still need to like flush it through with you is the fourth alien and how this, we assume man maybe, um, is associated with, or he was killing, he, she was killing people he met at Ranchero night at the wild pony. But before we dive into that, I, at first I thought that maybe it was a man or this fourth alien is a man because of what he, he, she said to Rosa while inhabited in Isabel's body. But I think they were just saying that because they knew that's what Rosa wanted. Like that Rosa was into guys, not necessarily that they were a guy. Oh, okay. Maybe. I don't know. But see, the reason that I thought it was a dude that the fourth alien is a dude is because of that scene in the cave in the turquoise caves. Right. And when racist Hank is giving them information and saying like, he's a, you know, this sketchy guy, like AKA he's not white. Um, 
because racist Hank is racist, obviously. So it just kind of like, to me, that was them giving clues to narrow down who the fourth alien is, like that he's a dude, that he's not one of the white dudes on the show. So I don't know. I feel like those were little hints, maybe. Maybe. Or it could just be something to throw us off. Or was the fourth guy, or was the the guy racist Hank talking to another person that was inhabited by the alien? That could be too, because if they were all, so Ranchero Knight is like, um, Maria said, they open the doors to everyone. So there's a bunch of addicts and vagrants. And so maybe this person wasn't in control of themselves because as Liz kind of deduced, all of the people being controlled were already having blackouts, like epileptic blackouts with the shooter, um, as well as having blackouts because of her trauma, why it was drunk. So them, the fourth alien targeting people who were drinking at the Wild Pony, it's pretty easy to jump into those people who are already drunk. So maybe the fourth alien never even stepped foot in the Wild Pony. They just can target people there, that kind of thing. Maybe. I mean, they seem to be targeting people from wherever they are already. Right. Who knows? Who knows? And they better watch out, too, because Isabel is getting her memories back. She is starting to – I don't know if she's starting to get in more control of her powers, but she's becoming more aware, which would lead her on the path to maybe hone in on them a little bit more. So I would be super scared if I was the fourth alien because Isabel could probably find out who they are. Can I tell you how that leads to my theory, what you just said? Duh. Okay. So I think that the the gunman and the fourth alien, all of that happened to prevent Isabel from learning more. And I think it was Noah. Yeek! Because he had the gun when he bought a gun because his wife was in an egg, which he didn't seem to freak out about that much when it happened. Um, So he had the gun and that gun looked really similar to the gun that the dude had at the hospital. And you, I rewatched the episode because of course I did. So the guy that shot up the hospital, well, he shot at Noah. um, He was standing in the picket line when they first, when Isabel and Noah are going to the hospital. So they show him and he's standing there and Noah like looked at him. And that was like kind of my first clue, like, okay, that's kind of weird or maybe just a coincidence. And then the gun was similar and I'm pretty sure they kind of mentioned it in the show. I don't think you can actually carry or register a gun if you are epileptic. epileptic. I think, I think that's part of like the deal. You can't have one. So And he says that when he is found by Max, he said, I can't even have a gun. Um, So I think that Noah somehow got the gun to him and was controlling him to get the serum either because he wanted the poison or he wanted to stop Isabel from regaining her memory because he was the fourth alien. And that is my Noah theory. And it checks all of the boxes. He is a boy. He is not white. And he is in Roswell. And he's a hugger. In that flashback scene we saw um, <laughs> before the alien hug. Noah's a and hugger. He's a hugger. <laughs> he's guilty because he's a hugger, everyone. We just cracked the code. But I think it's him. And that's not the first time we've said that. We've suspected that it was him 
kind of when we started this fourth alien theory a little bit. Um, I, and I love that you connected all those dots. I mean, it totally makes sense. He was like, wait to li- when he, when Liz was giving the, um, rest of the antidote or whatever, the cure to Isabel, he's like, are, what are the other side effects? Yada, yada, yada. Like he's playing investigate investigative fourth alien undercover. And what's, I mean, what's the old saying? Keep your enemies close or keep your friends close, enemies closer, right? right. Whatever. Mm-hmm. So he's probably going to keep being that supportive person to Isabel. And they're, he's like being way too perfect right now. Like way too perfect. Isabel's like, will you hold my hand through this? And he's like, of course, baby. And you're yeah. like, mm. he's a little too perfect. You're right. Like he's being way too perfect right now. Like he either needs, I feel like <laughs> Noah can go two ways right now. Noah can be the fourth alien or Noah needs to be like the Matt Donovan, but then also die and like make Isabel spiral because it's like, he can't just be this perfect the whole time. You know, and I don't think it's the latter. I think he's the fourth alien. And, you know, I was kind of going through Twitter after the episode because we had talked about him kind of being an option and other people are starting to think that too. So I was like, hmm. So that's our Noah theory. Do you have any more Noah, little points on Noah before we talk about who else we think it could be? No, because I really – I think you nailed it. And I just, I feel so bad for Liz's fiance in Denver. I feel like we need to move to that bullet. <laughs> Poor Diego. Liz didn't even remember who he was. I, was I, I did it. Diego. That's really his name. They like well, quickly mentioned him in one of the episodes. And I went back to just make sure I heard it right. And I think that was his name, but they don't ever talk about this dude again and she like clearly doesn't give a shit about him but um, i know and we well it was funny because as you guys know we do a super professional outline before this podcast and meg had did it for us and bulleted like okay here's who we're going to talk about and she had noah and diego on there and then someone else will talk about and then i put on at the end i was like what about liz's fiance can't we talk about him <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Diego. Because I don't remember. <laughs> like, how we, I, we like, yeah, we, we do want justice for Diego. I mean, when Noah saw Liz and Max kissing in the last episode, immediately Meg and I were like, oh, it's her fiance. It's Diego in the desert. It's Diego in the desert. Like, Wait, who's Diego? Nobody gives a shit about him except for us. <laughs> <laughs> like, the writers are like, who? Oh, wait, yeah, that guy. We forgot she had a fiance. We we were hoping you'd forget about that. Um, <laughs> we'll never forget. We'll never forget Diego. No, forget you, man. Yeah, it could be him. I mean, we haven't obviously really seen or heard anything about him, or like not even a passing mention in the last few episodes. So I feel like he would be kind of like, oh, dang, if he showed up. But then even more so, like if he knows a lot about the people or like there's many ways they could make it Diego. But right, I think like, like maybe Max <laughs> knows him somehow. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. We know he's probably going to show up on the season finale and ruin That's the okay. perfection that is team echo right now. Right. Um, okay. So we also think the fourth alien could be someone older. And I like your theory, Meg, that maybe it's someone older because they weren't in stasis. Like, our pod squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know that that makes a lot of people 
that could be, I don't think Sergeant Maines could be it, but you know, Sergeant Maines. Well, like, remember if we go back to our alien egg baby thing, I know alien egg baby, great band name. Um, it could have been, they didn't put that, the alien egg baby into a pod. They just like let him grow up. So maybe that would be someone who is like Mr. Valenti or Sergeant Maines, like that age group. Yeah. Because that, that was in 1947. So, or maybe even like Liz's dad, he seems to be on the older side. So I don't know. Not really sure how the gestation of an alien baby works, Liz. We really like the Diego theory, so we're just going to go with that. But we're throwing out these other options for you guys to just get your wheels spinning. Indeed. And then the other one that kind of stuck out to me only because in this this episode at the very end when she's – when Rose is in the turquoise caves with way too many candles, that's fire hazard, girl. Um, She's looking for her backpack. And if you remember back in the episode, it was episode five, I think, um, her ex-boyfriend, Frederico, the one that Liz's dad chases away with a meat cleaver, mm-hmm. he had her backpack. And he says he took it, he swiped it a week before she died. So it just, I don't know. I feel like those were all important little things that we should note. Also, while we're on the backpack topic, do you remember the um, – the ticket that she had in there mm-hmm. for Los Alamos. So because I'm super cool and super hip, I went on Google Maps to see, well, where is that in relation to Roswell? And it's like 200 miles north. And then flipping over to another thing that we're going to talk about, which is my probably isn't a thing, but I'm making it a thing, Catcher in the Rye references that we keep getting in these episodes. So when – Kyle is talking to his mom and he's like, does the name Caulfield mean anything to you? And she's like, oh yeah, it's a prison a hundred miles north of here. And I was like, oh, oh dang. That's where she was going. Like it's kind of on the way to Los Alamos. You know, I don't really know if any of that makes sense or means anything, but I just wanted everyone to know the craziness that's going on over here in my head. Well, let me build on this for you. Do it. What if, so that's where the prison is, right? That's, on the way to Los Alamos where Rosa was going, what if this fourth alien is trapped in a prison? And what if there's some sort of, I feel like there has to be some sort of balance of nature. Like there's some sort of kryptonite that is maybe keeping this alien in the prison because immediately you would think, well, why wouldn't this alien just like mind control people to let them out of the prison? I know I'm going down like a huge rabbit hole, but this is just me theorizing. Love it. But maybe they're stuck in the prison somehow and there's like some sort of alien kryptonite. They're keeping them there. So they're like mind controlling people in Roswell to try and come and save them. And I still think there's like a personal connection there. Like, cause it would be like, well, why are they targeting people in Roswell? You know, like why not target people closer to the prison? If it is someone in prison, um, but clearly the personal connection would be the pod squad. Not sure how they're all related, but clearly this other alien needs the pod squad somehow mm-hmm. to either harness abilities, keep them out of their way. I don't know. Because I feel like this alien would have tried to have killed the pod squad already 
if they just wanted them out of their way. That makes sense. Or maybe building on your theory, building on my theory, little web of craziness here. It's our theory. They're all our theories. It's our babies. Our babies. Um, so what if maybe the mind control, maybe they were trying to get someone to come to Caulfield to let them out, but being in a human's head like that, like drives them crazy or kills them. And maybe that's what happened to Mr. Valenti, um, that this alien was trying to get into his head a bunch and, you know, so many things. And maybe Isabel is very strong because she's an alien. And so that's somehow easier for this person to get into. And I think they're. Ooh, yes. So speaking of the catcher in the rye thing, I think that either it's just a coincidence so that someone, I feel like they need to bring Max in on this stuff because they just need a bookworm to be like, Hey guys, um, this is from catcher in the rye. Mm -hmm. So Jane Holden was the doctor signing off on all of these, um, the autopsies or the the death certificates or whatever for all of the murders and Caulfield is the prison and Holden Caulfield is the main character in Catcher in the Rye and Jane was his like whatever obsession and another thing that I thought was kind of weird and I don't know what made me think of it but when they were talking to racist Hank I was thinking back to the first time we met that group and Wyatt Long and they all like some of them had red hats on well that was like a big thing on the cover of Catcher in the Rye, too, is that he's wearing a red hat. And I was like, I feel like that's another detail that someone would care about in the writer's room. Like, there's so many details going into these episodes and just, like, little tiny Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting, too, that, you know, the in, like, the very entitled themes of that book and privilege is, like, the biggest thing. So, like, white privilege, all of that kind of goes into Wyatt Long and racist Hank and, and that group, the the themes of privilege and, and then the red hat is obviously um, a nod to like the the Trump hat that they wanted to wear but they couldn't get the rights to wear it. We had seen that in a couple interviews from Karina, the, the showrunner. So I don't know, I just feel like it kind of ties into maybe something they were just going for when they wrote the mystery, but there's definitely something more to the catcher in the rye clue because now that the prison is called Caulfield. The doctor is Holden. It's the last name. I feel like either the key to all of this is in like a copy of Catcher in the Rye. And we're going to find like it's stuck on Max Evans' shelf. And he was given it as a gift from one of like, I don't know, the important parents in town. Or I feel like there's going to be something to do with that book. And that it's going to be important. Otherwise, I'm crazy. No, I think you're you totally hit the nail on the head. Or maybe it's something they like studied in class and or they all had to pick books or something and like max remembers who picked this book you know like i feel like he's gonna be like wait catcher in the rye and he'll like tie it all together because the only person that has picked up on these clues right now is um oh my god i'm doing it again i'm about to call him trevino kyle valenti is kyle valenti and so once we bring everyone else into the fold that's when they're going to be like, oh, wait, no, hold up a minute. There's a connection here. And that will somehow lead them to the fourth alien. Absolutely. I'm very excited. I don't know why, like, the catcher in the rye thing is very exciting to me in a total book nerd way. But 
I love it so much. Oh, I don't know. Maybe because you are a published freaking author and you have a trilogy with your second book in the Everly book series coming out soon. Thanks, Elizabeth. Appreciate it. You're welcome, you <laughs> bad bitch. <laughs> I love you so much. Okay, so we have to keep talking about Kyle Valenti because we need to talk about the the letters. I love that like all this other stuff is going on, all this crazy stuff. And he is like putting in some serious footwork. He's not making out with anyone. He is not having sex. He is like, Will you guys go do your thing and you, you know, fondle whatever. I'm gonna like keep being a detective over here. And he's getting the letters from his mom. They're freaking like cracking codes. I love that like it took them 30 seconds to crack and like Mr. Valencia was probably like, this is so serious. We got to put all my time into this. And like Sergeant Means was trying to crack it and they're just like, Magoo. <laughs> and, then, and it worked. It was just like, I don't know. I thought it was really cute in like his little face when it said like, hi Magoo, I love you or something like that. I just, I really liked it. And, and he needed that too because um, like the last the most recent thing he had learned about his dad was that he had a love child. So I feel like, I just feel like he needed something good with his dad, you know, like he needed something that was just him and his dad and not like another bombshell about how he was cheating on his mom and had a secret child. Yeah. That whole thing where he just kind of spills all of that to her. That was like, Oh, my heart. Like she knew something was going on with Rosa and then he was like, no, actually, he was sleeping with her mom. <laughs> like, I know. Like, more information. Like, there was that little glimmer of hope when he was like, no, he wasn't having an affair. And she was like, <gasps> he was like, just not with her, with somebody else. And you're like, oh, God, that sucks. Sorry, right? Miss like, Valenti. And, like, he had cancer, so it's not like she could even be mad at him. You know? Ugh. It was. It was a whole big thing. Okay, so- tell the fun tidbit. Oh, fun tidbit. Okay, so one of the writers for the episode, Rick Montano. Sorry if I say that wrong. I say everything wrong, but, you know, Midwestern accents. Can't live with them, can't live without them. Um, So he always is on Twitter when we're live tweeting, and it's really fun to see, like, his reactions to things, especially since he wrote this episode. So um, he he sent me, and, like, the dialogue in this episode, you and I talked about that, was so good. Like, I loved it. And he sent me this little message because I kind of freaked out on Twitter when I was live tweeting the episode about Magoo. I thought that was such a cute scene and I loved like Trevino's face. And he sent me a message and he said it was intended to be an Easter egg for his dad. This is Rick talking. And he said that that's what his dad called him when he was a kid. And he goes into it and it's, you know, explains a little more about the nickname. But what I loved about this story that he shared with me is that Trevino was like super like touched when he saw this in the script. He was like, Oh my God, you guys, you went and talked to my dad and found out my childhood nickname. So it turns out not only is Magoo Rick, the writer's childhood nickname from his dad, it's also Trevino's in real life. And like, how cute is that? I thought that was like a really sweet little story. And then he also said in Roswell, strange things happen all the time. I was like, way to be on point, Rick. I like it. I thought that was such a cool story and like so random. That it's so them. random and like how serendipitous is that that he's now writing for the series and he wrote it not just for the series but for the that his character for Kyle Valenti. 
Okay, guys, Rick is the the fourth alien. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we this is where we drop the bombshell. <laughs> Rick did it. It was definitely him. I think I tweeted last night that J.D. Salinger was the fourth alien, who was the author of Catcher in the Rye. So clearly, clearly, I'm being very specific about who I'm accusing here. Okay, I love that story. I love that little that little behind the scenes. I thought it was really cute. And that I whole think scene. it's so sweet. Like his little face, like my dad. So, he he okay. needed that. He needed it. He, I mean, you know, like we were just saying, like he's just he's trying to give his dad the benefit of the doubt, I guess, because he's not here anymore. And he's like, oh my god, I had a sister this whole time. And it's like he needed to hear. And his dad left all that stuff to Alex. So mm. I think Kyle was feeling a little a little less loved by his his dear dad so he needed that little magoo i love you like it was i think it was more than just a all that was sweet my father who has passed left this message for me it was like i think you really needed that to like level set a little bit yeah and uh, something else that struck me about the like whole valenti side of everything because there was a lot going on with the pod squad and everyone else but i think like a lot of the important stuff came out of the Valentis and their conversations. Mm-hmm. So his mom had said that one of the codes that Jesse means and um, Mr. Valenti had was protect the children at all costs. So I feel like that's important somehow. Yeah. That I'm, I'm not sure how, because Rosa was one of the children, obviously Kyle and then Alex and then the three brothers. We still haven't met of Alex. So I felt like that was a thing and like maybe even though those two men did not get along and their families were like on on different sides of what was happening with the aliens but they knew I feel like them having this code to protect their children will somehow come back into play and I think that is also why Mr. Valenti did not give Kai like everything he gave it to Alex because I think maybe he Jesse Maines would go after Kyle and would that would be like the first place he starts looking so and that's why there's like all the coded messages and all of like the hidden bunker stuff mm-hmm. because like they're protecting their kids so th- that'd be the first place they would go when something happens or they wanted you know information on the other one so I like that they kind of he's still like clearly like you said he's sending him his love from beyond the grave knowing that kyle would somehow still get involved in this and still figure it out like he didn't need to give him all the information because he knew that kyle would crack the code that kyle would figure it out that he would find out that something's going on so he had like faith in him without having to give him all the info and i think um it i like how it's starting to unravel Sheriff Valenti and Sergeant Means relationship even more because there's still so much more to be said there. Like one of our theories that we had last week um, that we dove into a little bit more was that Sergeant Means has known if Alex is an alien, Sergeant Means has known it all along, which is a reason for some of his resentment towards him maybe. Um, and, and I think if Sergeant Means knew if, if Alex is an alien, and Sergeant Maines knows and has always known. I think that Sheriff Valenti would as well, that mm-hmm. he would be aware. And maybe that's another reason he went even further to leave him the cabin and leave him the piece of the spaceship. 
Also, I forgot, I thought about this last night, that line about protect the children at all costs. What if it's not necessarily their children? Mm-hmm. What if it's the pod squad? Mm-hmm. And that the fourth alien is like their parent or something. And they're locked up in Caulfield. And J.D. Salinger is there. And there's Catcher in the Rye copies everywhere. <laughs> See, there's so many places this could go. And maybe they, uh, I don't know. And it even explains, this whole theory also explains more why um, Maria's mom had said that Sergeant Means let, what'd she say, that he went dark or let mm-hmm. it go bad or whatever. So it would kind of explain that as well because maybe, you know, he had lost sight of what the real mission was. Like these are kids. We're just trying to protect them. But he let this whole alien world consume him and it made him lose his morality a little bit towards the original mission of protecting these children. I don't know. It's, it's all starting to come together. We're getting more clues as it's getting more confusing. So Mm -hmm. the momentum is like running in parallel, which I love. And I think we're, we're what we have how many episodes 13 or 16 i think it's 13 13 um no 16 is what we want for season two 13 is what we have for season one so we have you know we have three hours left of of juiciness that that's a lot of time to unravel a lot of stuff so i'm excited me too before we go that we have to talk about the maria michael alex yes very grown-up way that all that shiz went down but also like Oh, so heartbreaking. Like, everyone was very mature about it, but it's, like, all the stuff they didn't say kind of, like, rips your heart out. Like, um, we can start with Maria, who's clearly, like, a witch or something. My God, I don't even know what else to say about her. She's she's something. She's got well, something. she – without – you guys can listen to our last podcast where we dive into it a lot more. We don't have really any more clues right now, so we won't fully recap, but – we think whatever kind of like spiritual witchiness she has is similar to what the native American woman on the reservation we were introduced to, not the old woman that Max was talking to, but the old woman, the old woman was talking about who didn't speak and passed away saying Mm -hmm. he has arrived so I can leave or whatever. We think she has similar powers to that. Like it's kind of like a, less sci-fi, more supernatural type deal. Um, But anyways, yes, keep going. I cut you off. That's okay. Um, So when Alex and Maria finally talk about Michael, like that whole thing was heartbreaking. And like, even though obviously Maria would never have done anything with Michael had she known, you can see how much it still hurts Alex. Mm -hmm. So that, that hurt me. And then when Michael comes in and she's like bars closed and he returns the necklace and he fixed the clasp because he's obviously a super, super good fixer of things. He fixed the sign. He fixed that. He fixed his cars. Um, and she, their whole thing is like this witty banter and like she always gives him drinks for free and it's not really a big deal when the bars close. And she says, come back when we're open. And mm. it, it felt like it wasn't just about the bar. It was like, dude, you and I are not open like this, even though like they're not together. Malix isn't officially together right now. Like she would never, and you had said that too. Like she would never step in on that. No, never. So I I thought that was just a very like loaded thing. But then you also kind of see 
Michael had a little pain there, like at that rejection of maybe just like the friendship that they had, like that budding friendship where it's so easy with Maria. There's no alien drama. There's no like heavy cosmic whatever. It's just like fun and flirty and you can kind of see like it it sucks for him that he has lost that now with her. Mm -hmm. That banter is over. He doesn't have like that person he can just like shoot the shit with and drink and whatever. So that was a little sad. And you know, I, I love Alex and um, Michael together. Obviously they're kind of my, my ride or die couple on the show in general, but I really liked the relationship with Maria and Michael. And like, I would never count that out this early in the show. I would love to see how that goes too. So it was kind of sad. It was kind of sad all around, but everyone was like so mature about it. And there's no like stomping off and getting mad. I was like, look, that's my friend. I can't, this isn't going to happen again. That's like the second time she said that now. So I feel like, I don't know. I feel like they kind of both thought it would at that point, but obviously not anymore. Yeah. And I think like you said, he, Michael's kind of had a life of rejection. So anytime he gets rejected, it just hurts a little bit more because it hits that part of him that makes him think that he's maybe not loved or not worth it. And, you know, it's what makes him a relatable character because we've all felt like that at some point. And so I agree. I think it was less that he couldn't, you know, potentially hook up with Maria. It was, she was my friend. And now my friend can't even hang out with me because the person I'm actually in love with is best friends with her. And then he probably feels that's, you know, he feels at some fault for that because he can probably put two and two together and figure out that Maria didn't know about him and Alex. So he just, you know, there's that guilt there. And then there's him just missing Alex. There's him just missing that friendship and that kind of easygoing. I don't need to think about the spaceship I'm putting back together or, you know, maybe not being with the love of my life again. Like he's just got a lot going on. And sometimes you need a moment and you need a drink and he can't even have that now. I know. And it's, it's sad. The whole thing was sad. And I just, I just want to hug everyone. I know. Except Noah. <sighs> that guy. Yeah. Except Noah or Diego. Oh, Diego's the worst. Fucking Diego. <laughs> I can't wait to meet him. So excited. I know. <laughs> I, I just hope it's like, you know, I'm going to feel really bad if I just start laughing when we meet him and it's supposed to be really serious, but it's like, <laughs> I've just been dying to meet Diego. Like we just want to meet him. What if it's Stephen Amell? I would like him to be on the show like super randomly. Just like, That'd be okay. fine. like, Hey, cause you know, they're friends and stuff. Yeah. And his show's coming to an end and so supernatural and everything's ending and we need Roswell to have a season two. Thank you. Um, anything else we need to break down or I think we can get to like our plugs of all of our other amazing podcasts. Yeah. I think that this episode was good and we got a new information, new theories, alien babies, eggs, pods, all the, all the stuff. Plug away. Plug away. Awesome. Um, make sure you check out all of our other podcasts because our writers are amazing and they work really hard putting these podcasts together. So check out Brad and Court Talk. Um, that is an amazing podcast. Um, also check out a podcast for members. That's me and my hubby's Game of Thrones podcast. 
we are releasing a new episode this weekend. Um, make sure you hit up our YouTube show, Pure Random, with Meg and her hubby. Um, they're super hilarious and they're adorable and I love them and you need to go watch it. And I think those are all our current podcasts that we have on. If you want to check out our, um, Marvel movies podcast, our MCU podcast, all of those theories are still super relevant. We haven't recorded. Well, actually we did just do a, a new Captain Marvel podcast. So you can check that out as well. We have some really exciting Marvel MCU stuff coming up for the month of April. So get ready. Okay. Um, I think that's it. Congrats to the writers of this episode. You guys did a great job. We loved it. Um, and thanks for the extra juicy tidbits, Rick. You're amazing. And I think that's it. Thanks so much for tuning in. You guys are the bomb.com. Thank you. Go read Catcher in the Rye. Woo woo.